Hey guys, John from The Blockade Runner here, and uh, today we are posting an older episode of our other podcast, the Nintendo Fun Club, and this one is covering the GameCube game Rogue Squadron 3, Rebel Strike, um, which is a totally sweet GameCube kind of um, uh, dogfighter, uh, you know, space combat uh, game. It does have some ground missions as well, but for the most part, it is a... uh, it's a space fighter and, um, you probably played that game or at least seen it, um, you know, back when it was released on GameCube, it's the third in the series of the Rogue Squadron games. And so, um, you know, they were well loved and super cool games at the time. So, uh, we recorded this last year for the Nintendo fun club, but, uh, we're going to bring it back and post it down the feed here for the blockade runner. Um, for those of you, which is probably most of you, or maybe some of you, I don't know that, uh, don't listen to Nintendo fun club. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're posting today on uh, on this episode. Um, but there's a couple things I just wanted to um, sort of talk about quickly before getting into uh, that discussion about Rogue Squadron. Um, number one, uh, the Nerf Herder Council podcast was kind enough to uh, ask me to come on and uh, be on an episode with them um, a few weeks back, and it was a really great time and I think a really fun and um, great conversation. We talk a lot about um, Star Wars Celebration, um, you know, where our podcast came from, where our love for Star Wars comes from. We talked a little bit about Star Wars Rebels. Um, just kind of touched on a lot of things, but uh, those guys were really um, easy to talk to. It was super easy to just kind of slip into uh, the kinds of conversations I have with uh, with my friends about Star Wars. And so um, it was just really fun to be on the show. And I think it's a good conversation and worth checking out. So um, if you're not already subscribed to the Nerf Herder Council podcast, I would recommend making that happen and uh, check out the episode that I was on um, if you can. And um, thanks again so much to those guys for having me on. Uh, another thing I want to talk about um, briefly is I started a new video series on the Blockade Runner called Blockade Runner Plays. And um, this is going to be like a let's play sort of video game coverage type, you know, um, thing for Blockade Runner on YouTube. Um, and there's one episode up right now, which is Star Wars Famicom um, or the, the Famicom Star Wars game. And um, that is, uh, that's a game that came out for the Japanese equivalent of the NES, the Famicom. I mean, it's basically the same system, but it's the Japanese version of it. Um, But that game did not come out here in the U.S. So um, the only way you can play that game is to get a Japanese copy of it or, you know, emulate the game. So uh, I don't think a lot of people here in the U.S. have played it or are even familiar with it. So I thought that'd be a great candidate for uh, the Blockade Runner plays. you know, you're probably not going to play Famicom Star Wars. So why not check out this video um, of me playing the game and and discussing it? Um, I think it was fun. And, uh, you know, I tried to make it watchable by um, cutting out any of the the many, many deaths that uh, I had to suffer through to to make it through just the first few levels of the game. So I'm breaking it up into parts. So this is the first part of... uh, of, uh, you know, me covering the, the Famicom Star Wars game. And uh, we'll be back soon with another video covering more of the game. I'm not sure how many I'll do, maybe, uh, you know, one or two or three at the most more, but uh, probably just one or two more covering the, the, the later levels in the game. But it's, it's super great um, in terms of the fact that it's just weird and a different kind of uh, take on Star Wars. Uh, I talk about Super Star Wars a little bit in the video, but, you know, I love how that was kind of like a, 
I don't know. They definitely took some liberties and did some weird stuff with the Star Wars license and the Super Star Wars games. And there's plenty of that here in uh, Famicom Star Wars. Uh, first time you meet Darth Vader, it's not really Darth Vader. And then he turns into a scorpion. And there's just, I guess, other uh, examples of sort of, what would you say, off-model type stuff um, in the game. But it's also really cool looking. It's got like these nice, big, chunky, bright sprites. And uh, uh, the environments are really interesting. So I think it's a, it's a really cool game. Um, if you're familiar with the NES Star Wars game, this is not that one. It's definitely totally different. So uh, I would recommend popping over to the Blockade Runner YouTube channel. And I'll put, obviously... Um, a link in the show notes for this episode, but, uh, take a look at it. Um, it was a lot of fun to do and hopefully, you know, you'll enjoy kind of, uh, watching the video and seeing what, um, Famicom Star Wars is all about. Star Wars Rebels is back. Um, and the first two episodes have been super, super great. So I can't wait to, um, you know, get the, uh, blockade runner crew back together here and discuss the first few episodes of Rebels. Um, that's going on. Rogue Friday happened since we've been away and Rogue Friday was a, a big success for me and a lot of fun. So we'll talk about that maybe on the next episode. I was able to get the, uh, the two, two packs I wanted, which was the Moroff, um, and pow with uh, death trooper and scarif trooper. Um, so, you know, two packages and, uh, four really cool figures. And I also got K2SO. So, um, it was great. And there's tons of stock on the shelves, which is super nice. And, uh, I think it was just, you know, super successful overall. So really good. But, uh, yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and get into our uh, discussion. This is me and Ryan from last year talking about, um, rogue squadron three rebel strike for the GameCube. Super cool game. And, uh, I think it's about 30 minutes of chat or so, so not too bad. And, um, you know, check that out if you're interested. If not, hopefully we'll be back um, sooner than later with another episode of The Blockade Runner. And uh, look forward to to uh, talking to you soon. special episode of Nintendo Fun Club Podcast. My name is John, and with me, as usual, is Ryan. Hello. Hi, Ryan. Hey. Uh, we are convening tonight um, to talk about Star Wars Rebel Strike Rogue Squadron 3 for the Nintendo GameCube. And uh, it's been, feels like forever since I've been on the Nintendo Fun Club Podcast. And John. Um, yeah. John. Yeah. Ryan. We're home. <laughs> you know, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, every time I walk in my front door, I'm just going to say, Chewy, we're home. Um, but I haven't done it once yet, unfortunately. God, I wouldn't be able to do that because I'd be walking in the door and getting like crazy chills every time. Yeah. Yeah. Or like breaking out, or, like breaking into tears a little bit or yeah. Mm. Um, I do think that'd be a cool thing if I actually did it, but I, ha I haven't even... Yeah, not even once. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about this uh, Star Wars uh, Rebel Strike um, GameCube game because we have made a commitment to ourselves, to each other, and to the universe to do an episode uh, once a month about a Star Wars game on a Nintendo system from here until The Force Awakens, which is coming uh, this Christmas. And uh, 
yeah, we've, we've done one episode. We did one episode last month in March, and it is currently April 30th. There's still two and a half hours left in April, and so we are, uh, we're getting our second episode done on time, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're sticking to that, and so hopefully uh, another episode will follow next month. But, um, yeah, we were talking about what, what, what game we should do for our second game, and we decided let's do um, uh, Rogue Squadron 3 um, for the GameCube. Um, for a couple reasons, I think um, we both really like the Rogue Squadron games um, on Nintendo systems. So that's one reason to talk about this game. Uh, another reason to talk about it, though, I think, is the fact that we found out recently um, about the canceled Wii uh, version of the game, um, or actually collection of Rogue Squadron games, which sounded really cool. And we talked about that already on on the podcast, but um, kind of brought some renewed interest to this series of games. I think so. Uh, that was another reason to talk about this one as well. So let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, Rogue Squadron 3 on the GameCube. Yeah, and I mean, I think the last reason to kind of that we pulled this game out is because this is kind of like the black sheep of the series. It's the one, um, it's, it's the one with the most problems, and it's also the one that people generally kind of ignore as well and are just super dismissive of. Yeah, that's true. Actually, we were um, we were talking about which one to go with. I think it was your idea to do this one, Ryan. But mm-hmm. um, the second one, as far as I can tell, is kind of really adored and, and well-liked by at least Nintendo fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an amazing launch game for the GameCube. And so, yeah, that's an interesting game. It's a great game, and we could have totally talked about it, and it would have been a lot of fun. But this one is just so much... Um, not so much, but a little bit more interesting to talk about just because of like the, the on-ground stuff and the fact that it wasn't quite as well-received. And it's, I don't know if it's, yeah, I guess it's more ambitious and, and uh, tried to do some things and sometimes it was successful and sometimes not as much. But but yeah, it's a it's a, a totally interesting game to go back and play for some of those reasons. So, mm-hmm. um, so we did that. We went back and played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if you have not played the Rogue Squadron games, um, definitely need to do that. But um, they are primarily flight games um, in which you control X-Wings and uh, sometimes TIE Fighters and other uh, crafts, A-Wings, B-Wings. Um, so and they're, they're flying games and they're, they're mission-based. There's a bunch of missions that, uh, that you complete in each game. They are produced by Factor 5 or developed by Factor 5. And uh, the first one was on the N64 and then the next two were on the GameCube. And, you know, like we said, there was a a Wii game planned and actually, I think, basically completed um, that never saw the light of day. Um, but yeah, this one is interesting because it is a flight-based kind of game. That's that's what it is. But there, there's also the ground missions. And not even... That's how I remembered it before I went back and played it for this episode. There's ground missions, but it's not even that there, there's ground missions necessarily. I mean, there are, but even um, so, a lot of the levels I found are like a hybrid of you know, kind of flight, uh, gameplay. And then also on foot, um, kind of third person action gameplay as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which kind of makes it a little bit tough to like (laughs) enjoy the game piecemeal. Um, because as we'll get into, I'm sure the, um, the on ground missions are flawed in a lot of ways and the flight is like a lot better and unfortunately you can't really just like pick and choose like oh i'm just gonna replay like the flight 
missions. Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought I'd be able to do um, when I went back to play the game. And and you're right, it's it's uh, you know you get into a you hop into a an X-wing, you cruise around for a little bit, blow up some ships, and then next thing you know, they're asking you to get out and run around inside of a uh, a temple or you know some kind of environment or whatever it may be. And it's just like, man, I don't I don't want to do that. And I I was kind of hoping that the game would be I, the way I remembered it, which was you know you can choose to do flight missions or you can choose to do the on-ground stuff. And, you know, then I could play the on-ground levels and sort of say, well, those aren't the best, but, you know, that's a small part of the game. Um, but uh, it turns out that it's really much more integrated into the core of the game than I remembered it being. Um, in terms of, I feel like the the maybe the the primary thing that I remember with these games, though, and, and kind of the, the most impressive thing about them is the presentation. Um, the uh, the uh, attention to detail and the way that uh, Factor Five was able to sort of capture the feeling of the Star Wars universe and even the feeling of like being in a Star Wars movie or participating uh, in a Star Wars movie. Um, I remember when I got this game um, that the menus feature uh, footage from the Star Wars movies that the um, you know kind of cutscenes and stuff were called from from, I think, I want to say DVD footage of uh, the movies. I was trying to remember this, but um, I think, I don't know if it was this game or if it was um, the first GameCube game came out before the DVDs. And I remember like playing the game on my GameCube and being like, whoa, this is like really cool to see this footage. Um, I hope that's accurate. I don't remember. Yeah, um, it it may have been the from the Laserdiscs. Mm-hmm. Um, like the digital footage that they used. Right. Yeah, that could be. Um, like some basic, simple research probably could have cleared this up before we started recording, but uh, mm. I just, I know I was like excited about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I probably would have had the laser discs at that time, actually. So, um, not sure. But in any case, the footage looks good, I think, in the game. And um, just the menus and, and the presentation, the music, everything is um, is really cool and um, goes a long way toward toward making you feel like you're you're kind of experiencing that Star Wars universe uh, more so than I think most other games at that time. So I think that's something they were able to pull off um, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was playing it with my kids uh, a couple weeks ago when I was preparing for this episode, and we were upstairs and in our, in my bedroom and we had the lights off and, um, playing on like a four by three TV. And, um, it was just like, it was super cinematic feeling. It was really exciting. Uh, one of my kids asked me, like, he he was trying to ask me, um, he said something like, are these, are these guys real? And I was like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? And he was like, we were, I was trying to like figure out what he was, what he was trying to ask me. And he couldn't really explain it. He told me it's hard to explain, but I think basically he was trying to ask me like when I was playing the game and I'm not just talking about the the cutscenes from the movies, but when I was actually, when I was playing the game, he was trying to like put together in his head if it was like a video game that I was playing or if I was somehow controlling like the people or the actors or I don't know what he thought, but mm. um, he, I think basically what the way I interpreted his question was that he was really convinced that like what he saw, what we were playing, what he was seeing was authentic and um, almost indistinguishable from a Star Wars movie. So yeah that's that's awesome and it i mean it kind of it's kind of true because um 
something I was noticing when playing, and I was I was not playing it in the most optimal situation, which would be on a four by three TV, but I was playing it um, via the Wii um, hooked up through official Nintendo component cables to my uh, 48-inch 1080p TV. And um, and there was some, like, some ghosting and some, like, you know, those weird issues. Um, but overall, like, it was kind of awesome looking <laughs> on yeah. the TV just because of, like, the sense of, like, epic scale in especially those, like, space battles. Like... It looks like really cool, <laughs> and yeah. there's just so much going on at like all times. Like, um, it's just as you mentioned earlier, like it truly is like cinematic, like in the good way. <laughs> yeah, because that's not a game, I, or not a game. That's not a word that really you know people throw that word around a lot regarding video games, and that's some mm-hmm. not something that usually gets me excited. But in this case, mm-hmm. like you said, it's a it's a really good feeling and a. Uh, a really good quality for this game, um, and the game does look great. I, you know, it, I'm I'm curious actually. I should uh, kind of connect my my Wii to my HDTV and see how it looks that way too, because I I think it's a game that would probably still look really good, um, you know, through that that kind of uh, setup as well. Um, so I would like to check that out. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it you... has progressive scan and everything. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned the, um, you mentioned how good the game looks, um, you know, in, 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 uh, in the sense that there's, uh, the large scale and it, and the, the ships look great. There's a lot of ships on screen at, at times. And, um, you know, I think graphically it looks amazing. It still holds up really well. There is always like when you play a game that's this old, you kind of have to like readjust your expectations. And I, I remember the first time I put it in, I was thinking like, this is going to look amazing. And I put it in and I was like, okay, well, this does look like a GameCube game. But mm-hmm. then, you know, once you kind of readjust to what you're looking at, it's like, whoa, this is actually really impressive. Um, the, the like, I don't know how you de- describe it, the terrestrial levels, the games when you're like, or the, the levels when you're actually like in a planet's atmosphere and there's, you know, um, like daytime, like sunlight, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. It looks really good. Um, but then when the, those missions that are like out in space and it's just like a black you know, kind of setting with the stars and maybe a, a space station and a bunch of ships cruising around. Those look like incredible, I think. Yeah. And those are the ones um, where like playing it on like a, a big, like modern HDTV is kind of awesome because like you're not going to notice like the little like the aliasing and like the low lower textures than we're used to and stuff like that because it is like such a like stark contrast in the imagery and that's where like having like a really big screen is just awesome because it's just like the vastness of those areas which seem infinite when you're when you're in them obviously there's a lot of invisible walls and stuff but like you can see stars in every direction like as far as you can see um on your screen and it's it's really cool yeah totally um and in terms of like the presentation besides you know the fact that the graphics look great and the game really kind of immerses you in that star wars feeling um star wars atmosphere um i think the sound was really cool too 
um, at the time. I'm just kind of like looking at the the case for the game here, and I see on the back of the box that it uh, supported um, Dolby Pro Logic 2. And uh, I can remember like back in the GameCube era, like being excited about that kind of stuff. Like, um, and I think it's really cool how Factor 5, you know, on Nintendo machines, on Nintendo systems, like they were really trying to push um, technology and and uh, try to make um, their games as like kind of uh, as uh, advanced uh, technologically speaking as, as they could. And um, that was something I appreciated at the time. And I thought it sounded really good. Um, still, you know, the sound effects are very authentic and the music is great. And so, um, you know, that, that contributes to the overall kind of atmosphere and presentation of the game too. Um, another thing I'm looking at here on the back of the box, which I forgot about, and I sadly did not try out for, for this playthrough, but uh, I remember doing this back in the day is that, um, there's a, a two player version of the first, um, rogue squadron GameCube game included in this game. And yeah, Man, what a great deal this game is. Like, so much content in here. Um, the entire first game, playable um, uh, cooperatively. Yeah, I wonder... I actually don't know if I've, I ever did that. I don't remember if I ever played it co-op back in the day. Did you? Did you? Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Because, like, I... Um, lived with my brother, my little brother, I think at least for a part of the time that I had this. And, hmm. um, yeah, was, you know, we were pretty young at this point. So still a lot of time like hanging out with, uh, with friends and playing games and stuff. So I don't remember too much detailed, like, uh, experiences with, with the, the multiplayer, but I definitely remember that, uh, being a part of this game. And yeah, I spent a lot of time with both this one and, uh, the original Rogue Squadron. This one though, I have to admit, I don't think I ever completed like every mission of this game. And I didn't do it this time either when I was playing it for the for the show. I don't know if you were able to do that or not. No, I tried um, the vast majority of the missions because, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, I don't I don't have my original GameCube memory card where I had probably unlocked um, most everything in the game um, legitimately. But um, or maybe I hadn't. I don't know. I. My memories were pretty hazy with this game. I'm I remember getting it at some point, but I don't think I played it as much as I did the other games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure I put a significant amount of time into it. I assume, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, fortunately, with this game, um, there are a lot of uh, cheat codes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. There are those things that now cost four ninety nine from yeah. the the DLC store, or you get them with the forty dollars season pass. But um, yeah, there's like actual cheat codes, and there are a lot of them, <laughs> and they're significant um, yeah. because there's one that will open up all the stages in the game um, for single player. One that opens up all the stages in multiplayer. There's an infinite lives code. And there's codes that um, unlock the original Star Wars arcade games, um, which we can talk about in a minute here. But um, going back to your original question, like um, I, I just put in the, the code to unlock um, all the stages. And I, I dabbled in, I believe, just about all of them. Okay. Um, I didn't, I didn't finish all of them. Some of them... Um, I finished, but didn't get like a 
I didn't earn a medal or anything in them. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was getting some bronze medals, and I might have gotten a silver or two, but, like, um, maybe close to a silver on a bunch of them, but man, the game is tough. Like, mm. um, I didn't put that much time in. Like, I have a feeling I probably played this game for, like, 30 hours or something when it came out, or maybe more. I don't know. I know with the uh, with Rogue Squadron 2 on the GameCube, I finished that game um, and, you know, did everything, and it was... And I didn't get like all gold medals or anything, but I did like all the levels and completed everything. And it got pretty tough towards the end, but it was, uh, you know, a game that I loved. And this one I really liked too, but I think, um, you know, probably not too surprisingly, some of the on foot stuff left a little more of a sour taste in my mouth, but also just like even going back and playing it now, um, the later levels are like really tough. So I think it might've gotten the best of me in that regard as well when I played it originally. And this time I did, you know, I think the same thing that you did, which is I put in the, the, the unlock every, you know, stage, uh, code and just kind of went through and, and tried to play as many of them as I could to, to check them all out again. But I wasn't necessarily like, I'd play them once or twice. And if I wasn't finishing the level, I'd be like, cool well i can play any of them now so i'll just you know go try a different one yeah um and a lot of times it would be like well, i finished the the flying component but then i end up like doing the the third person action you know component and it's like okay i'm gonna like go try a different one you know what i mean after mm-hmm. a little bit so a little bit of that going on but um but yeah like the codes are amazing there's and there's like unlockable ships that you can you can play as and um you know, the, the, the codes are funny too, which I don't know, I get a kick out of like the, <laughs> the actual phrases and stuff that you put in to, to unlock certain things. So yeah, that, that was, there's, there's super like nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> like weird, weird nerd humor. Yeah. But, but it's great. And it, it, it definitely did. Like, it's been a long time since I've put like codes into uh, a game. And I know that, you know, there are, there are still games that, that ship that feature, you know, codes and stuff, but it's, it's pretty rare. So um, yeah, that was, that was kind of fun to be able to do that and, uh, unlock all that stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you get a chance to play the, the Star Wars arcade games? Ah, uh, I didn't. I know I did when they, um, when I played the game originally, but I didn't go back and do that, um, this time around. So. Okay. I know I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself as much as, Yeah. Maybe maybe we can have separate episodes for each of those games. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're cool. They're I mean they're super simple and they're like so brutally difficult and like total like like exploitative quarter munchers. But um, in this context, they're fantastic. Like um, the Star Wars and um, Empire Strikes Back games are like vector graphics like uh like really just crisp lines um that are like i don't know i guess battle flight sims um but what was and i had played those before i had played um i had at least played the star wars game in the arcade um at multiple points in my life as i think most people have um i'd never i'm I'm not super familiar with the empire strikes back game though um that i don't ever remember seeing in arcades um but the the return of the jedi game i definitely had never played before and it was actually my first time playing it um on this uh uh on the the rebel strike game and for this episode because i just 
for whatever reason. I, I guess I didn't use the codes when I originally played the game, but yeah, this was my first time playing it, and it's it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool game. Um, it's like a it reminds me a lot of um, Sega's Zaxxon because um, it's like an it's basically an isometric shooter like on um i mean you start off like on speeder bikes um on on endor and um yeah it's uh it's it's pretty cool pretty fun um ridiculously hard i think i only um got through like one or two stages in it but um but yeah it's it's a cool cool little thing there something different yeah those are those are super cool um and I remember when you, I, I guess it must have been like to pre-order this game, it came with a um, a demo disc or your pre-order got you a demo disc. And um, I think it was the, was it the Star Wars arcade game? That yeah, was on that? yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have found that, that as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So yeah, I need to get in there and do that. You know, I'm looking at the uh, the manual for the game right now and uh, <laughs> I forgot about this or I don't think I ever even knew about this or um, definitely never used it. Did you know that this game supports um, connecting Game Boy Advance systems to the GameCube as well? No. Yeah, so check this out. Um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike enables two players to connect their Game Boy Advance to their Nintendo GameCube for use during multiplayer versus battles. While using this feature, players can communicate with wingmen without alerting their opponent to specific strategic actions. So, um, you know, like, yeah, like, which is like, yeah (laughs) probably not that big of a deal at all but um yeah like when you're playing the game you can you know press like the different directions on the d-pad to kind of tell your your uh wingman or whatever like yeah and and the menu comes up on the screen right so the idea here i guess is that if i'm playing against you uh multiplayer and i don't want you to know what i'm telling my wingman to do i could just like grab my game boy advance off the ground real quick and like (laughs) press the d-pad and you won't know what's going on i don't know um so not, you know, I haven't tried it, but yeah. not entirely sure that that's like a really like a necessity or anything. Um, but again, I think that's really cool. Like, like I was saying, like the, the presentation is amazing. The graphics are great. It sounds good. You know, they went so far as to put like ProLogic 2 in there, which I think was a pretty advanced thing at the time. And even mm-hmm. stuff like this, you know, including the, the Atari games um, on, on, the, on the game and then even supporting like, you know, GBA, um, maybe not in the you know, most amazing way it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like, but still, um, all that stuff, like this is a very complete package, uh, I think. Yeah. And I mean, you can, you can tell, like, I definitely recommend anyone who has not listened to it to listen to that Nintendo voice chat podcast with, uh, Julian Egbrecht. Egbrecht. Yeah. yeah. Who, um, you know, worked on all these games, um, at factor five and he talked about like how they were just you know, just running out of ideas for this series, but they were still, like, really passionate about making them, and, um, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to take the games online, which they felt was, like, the next logical step, but obviously GameCube was not a big (laughs) online platform, so, um, so they just, seems like they just tried to cram it, this game, with, like, everything, (laughs) they could and it it came out a bit uneven um but still like the ambition was definitely there yeah absolutely absolutely 
this was definitely this along with Rogue Squadron 2 is definitely one of the most impressive um you know games on the GameCube and um I don't know if you're you know kind of to wrap things up here um uh, before moving on to a couple other fun Star Wars topics like mm. I remember um you know during the time that you know during the Wii generation this was like these games were a little bit of like a measuring stick in terms of um at least visuals and uh you know, presentation, um, new games would come out and it'd be like, yeah, this, this Wii game looks really good, but, uh, you know, rogue squadron from the launch of the GameCube still looks as good as whatever Wii game we're talking about, you know, or maybe mm-hmm. looks better. And, and that's really impressive. And, um, yeah, I think it's, 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 uh, you know, factor five deserves a lot of credit for, for putting together these games and really pushing themselves to, uh, you know, especially with this game, rogue squadron three to try some new stuff. But, um, to, to make a complete game and to, and to make a really impressive game in terms of visuals and atmosphere and, and all that stuff, like one that was still impressive, you know, well into the next generation, at least um, of Nintendo hardware. And I, you know, like I said, I think it's still pretty impressive um, to this day. It plays really well. Um, it's a lot of fun and it looks great. And this is a game that's, let's see, what year did this come out? Um, 2003, 2003. Okay. So yeah. what is this, like a 12, 12-year-old game? Yeah, um, and it holds up really well. It's a twelve-year-old licensed game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think about that. Right. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I uh, I, w- I would highly recommend. It. I mean, it's it's dirt cheap to get a copy w- of this. No, that's. I was going to ask you, did you have to to buy another copy, or did you have one from before? Um, I had to buy another copy. So, but, but it's it... less than ten bucks. Okay, to awesome. get one. Nice. Yeah. nice. Um, plays on the Wii. Um, yeah. It's, it's yeah. totally cool. There's like, there's just a lot of like fun stuff to explore. Um, especially if like, you know, it's, you don't need to like sit down with like the idea that, Oh, I'm going to play through this game sequentially and put in 40 hours or whatever. I mean, just go in there, put in some codes, put in your infinite life code unlock the atari arcade games and just like mess around with it like there's a lot of really fun and cool stuff in here there's some bad third person shooting stuff but hey that's that's video games (laughs) yeah 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 and i had to uh i had to jump into the t16 skyhopper again and do the tutorial just to like kind of remind myself of how to uh to control the ship and what the controls felt like and stuff but I would say like once you've done that for five minutes, um, it's obviously like a really easy game to pick up and toy around with the game. Nice job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Try a, try to roll from one side of your room to the other. Good job. Nice job. job. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) I forgot. Yeah. I I messed around with that (laughs) a little bit too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. But no, like once I did that, then, then, you know, I'm not going to say it's like the game is easy or it's, you know, easy to complete levels or whatever, but even if you're not successful, it's super fun to, to cruise around and shoot at some stuff and just feel like you're, you know, kind of soaking up that, that Star Wars experience. And I completely agree with you that, you know, once you put those codes in, there's a lot of game here that's pretty, um, accessible and, and you can kind of pick it up and play for short sessions or longer sessions, or, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to put it, it doesn't have to be a big investment in terms of effort and time, um, at this point because of the codes. And so it's, uh, it's a great, uh, pick up and play kind of star Wars thing at this point. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, 
Now, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, I, have, I have one, but anything else that you wanted to... I have one. Um, it is a game that definitely, I think, um, feels just perfect on the GameCube controller. Mm. It was one. It's just one of those games. It's the same way I kind of feel about Resident Evil Four. That like when I, I mean, I play. I've played it on other platforms and stuff. But when I pick up that game and play it with a GameCube controller, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> this is this is perfect. This is so nice. Yes, um, we're home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, my kind of other thought was uh, a little bit off topic, but um. I picked up the original Rogue Squadron for N64 uh, last week, and I only had a chance to play it for a little bit, um, and it's not a game I ever actually owned for N64. Wow. But I put that game in, and just, you know, I'm kind of gushing over Factor Five and their attention to detail and presentation and stuff, but um, I put that in, and I was blown away. I don't know why, but, like, the menus, everything is, like, very similar on that N64 game to the GameCube games. And there's like footage of like Luke climbing the ladder to get into his X-wing, and even that game is like still like pretty impressive. I think um, I wouldn't say more so, but almost even more so because like you wouldn't expect the N64 to be able to pull off like what it does um, in in that game. So uh, that's another one I think to track down and check out. And I got that for five bucks. Um, so that's that's a a third really cool Rogue Squadron game on on Nintendo systems. I don't know that we'll do an episode about it. So. I just wanted to mention that that I I grabbed it and it's uh it's really great too. Nice. God, I would love to see all the N sixty four Star Wars games show up on Wii U Virtual Console. Yeah. Yeah. because um, I don't I don't have an N sixty four anymore and I don't have a CRT TV. So yeah. that's uh those aren't really gonna happen for me, but man, I would all of them. Yeah. All of them on N sixty four I I would totally buy. Yeah, and N N sixty four is tough too. Like, um, man, the controllers are pretty expensive to get now. To play this Star Wars game, I needed to get the expansion pack, which isn't cheap. And um, it would be it would be really great if Nintendo did more to make those games accessible. Because um, you're right, it is it's it's tough to play N sixty four at this point, or it can be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then come back and talk about some other Star Wars stuff. Sounds good. 